The other assumption that we make when we are going to confront an issue is we assume we know how the person is going to react. Today's show is sponsored by WinTheHourWinTheDay.com with our three-part formula, team, execution, and scale, where we help you stop working so hard. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey entrepreneurs, I have just started a new group and I am so excited. I want you to join me there and I am going to be there to help you get ideas to execution and show you all the behind the scenes stuff that we have never shown before. Grab the link in the show notes and join the community. All right, let's, let's meet up. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day. I am your host, Chris Ward. And today in the house, we have Rosa. It's like Cher. We're just going to call her Rosa. No, that's not Cher. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay, because she's got a beautifully flowing, elegant name. I'm thinking it's Italian. Is it Italian? I think it's Spanish. It's Ponce de Leon. Okay, there we go. Ponce de Leon. I, yeah. So. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I just don't have the flowing R's or anything like that. I just knew it was elegant. All right. Rose is in the house. And today we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about leadership. Now, not just a broad thing of leadership, because that's kind of vague. So let's get to the good stuff. We're going to talk about conflict. Now, here's my pet peeve, Rosa. One of my pet peeves all the time is people say something like, oh, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't enjoy conflict or I don't, you know, I don't like confronting people. And I think who jumps up and says, Oh, yay, guess what? Today I get to have conflict and, you know, confront somebody on it. Right. So it has to be done, but when done poorly, it's a mess. And when you don't do it, I always say doing nothing is still a choice. Like you're making a choice by not doing something. That's a decision. That's still a decision. Making no decision is a decision, right? Right. So let's just dive in. Let's talk about what are some of the biggest mistakes when people are dealing with conflict? And maybe we need to back up for a second and say, well, let's qualify this with what kind of conflict are we talking about? I think very simple, confronting issues. Let's keep it at that. If there's an issue that isn't confronted, you know, it requires a little bit of conflict to confront an issue. And I think people are afraid of the emotions behind it. And I think we're talking about leadership and leaders who abdicate their role in any area. As a leader, it's on you. You You're the leader. You have to take steps and take action where you're needed as a leader. And there are certain things you should not abdicate. You should not phone call them in. You should not delegate certain things. And conflict is one of them because if you set the example and set the tone in your organization, that conflict is a good thing and it can be done correctly and you can demonstrate how to do that, people will find the value in it. And the value is that these emotional exchanges become very healthy. There's a lot of creativity that results when you confront issues. There's a lot of understanding of each other that happens when we confront issues in a healthy manner. And there's a lot of uh, teamwork that happens because if I understand you better, I can support you better. And Mm. if I fail to ask for understanding and, and, and I just assume that I know what happened here and I don't talk to you about it, 
then it's going to keep happening. And then resentment pops up, confusion yeah. pops up, all kinds of things pop up that I made, created that situation by, by not acting. Yeah. And, you know, right away, I'm starting to think of a whole bunch of different examples where it, you, you know, one of my favorites is I, of course, I address every issue there is like, because here's the thing, when you do that in a timely and effective manner, not only does the team feel safe because there's no lingering or head games or anything like that, but I'll find more often than not that I miscommunicated something like, oh, you know, so, and I always say to them, I enjoy being wrong. Like, okay, great. I'd rather that I have, I can fix me and, and, and rather than being disappointed in you, I think it's great when you gently point out that, no, no, this was on you. Oh, okay, great. And recently I had an example of someone on my team and we were trying to decide between these two platforms that we're going to use for our, our different courses that we have. Right. And I wasn't really thrilled with Teachable. Sorry, Teachable. I wasn't really thrilled <laughs> with Teachable for a couple of reasons. And I was thinking about going to this other platform. Now, he he didn't really like it for, for a number of reasons. And he's kind of funny. I always say that Evan is much like, it's hard. I can't, I have to convince Evan to spend my own money. Like I always say, Evan, I'm so glad we're not married. But so <laughs> I was like, I, th I think we need to make the move. And here's why. So a couple of weeks later came back and then we were adding to this and I thought we had moved some of the videos over to the new platform. And so I come back to him and I said, you didn't do it. And he goes, Chris, I just couldn't spend your money. I just, I just don't think that's a platform. And let me explain why. He said, I moved a couple of videos over, but it's still in the free capacity. And here's why I still don't think it's good. So I said to him, okay, here's the deal. You should have given me more pushback. He said, well, I told you a little bit. And I said, you didn't push hard enough because now you move some videos over there, which somebody had to move. So it was a waste of time. We didn't, he said, I didn't move them all over. Cause again, he's waiting to convince me. I'm like, yeah, but still somebody did it. So it was redundancy of work. And, and I said to him, Evan, your opinion matters. I will listen to you. You have to push back harder. And he does on many things, but in this case he didn't. Cause he said, you just seem like you're really focused on that. And I said, okay, well then say, look, can we come back tomorrow because I think you're really focused on this and you're not hearing me. And I think I, I really think we need to address this. So you also, I feel, have to equip them with the same skills. Like, you know, as they say, leaders create leaders. Right. And I think you're, you're hitting on a big point because he may have been a little bit afraid to confront you. And I think when you throw fear out the window and, yeah. and it, it becomes clear that none of us are afraid of conflict with one another, whatever conflict we have, it's going to end in a good place, in a good way then people feel more free to confront. And that's what you want. Because I think that's a clear example of, he, he wasn't one way or another, he was namby-pamby about it. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I, he knew what he wanted to do, but meanwhile, the, the, the business is in a holding pattern. And that's not what we want. Yeah, and, and the thing is, he had my best interest in mind. And I guess that's another thing, like sometimes the word conflict, it just sounds like there's going to be a fallout, a negativity, drama, when it's really, I guess, I'm always about picking language apart. It's really about resolving or minimizing conflict, right? It's really about right. communication and figuring out, like, as I said to him, I will hear you if you push, if you say, look, I'm going to push back harder than I usually do. And this is uncomfortable for me. Even if you say those things, right. I'll slow down and say, okay, all right, let's, you know, because I, I know I taught you to say this. <laughs> I'll have to listen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes we need that because we we get so focused and we're all so passionate. I mean, I, I would love to have a team of passionate people. I think we all uh, appreciate mm. people that are self-starters and motivated and want to get things done for you. And those are the kinds of people that sometimes we need to go, hey, pause, <laughs> pause, yeah. let's back up a little bit. 
And I think until we get each other's attention, we may not have the conversation that we want to have because we're not listening. And it's just a matter of hitting pause. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really big, as you know, about creating what I call your what is next team. And that's part of the fundamentals of how we hire on board and train people. And we really do train them to have ideas to think and that it is a safe place. Right. And because we rely so heavily on our super toolkits that more often than not, when there is a discrepancy of any sort, the first thing we look at is the system and go, okay, where, where did the system not communicate this? Right. So people I find too, are not as in a defensive mode because they know my problem solving, you know, approaches. So I think that is very different. Um, you know, then a lot of things out there. And especially sometimes I've worked for small business people over the years, and sometimes it can be a little bit more, I don't know, dramatic because they see the direct correlation of money you're taking out of their pocket. And that's just not how we operate. So you're right. I think it's fear-based is everything. So if you learn to communicate and I know being direct is one of your passions, but I think that also gets tied up in being rude or blunt. Totally. And I think that's the biggest fear that people have. And they, they talk themselves out of that directness. And it's not a good thing to talk yourself out because what, when you have to deliver, let's, let's just say bad news or, or challenging news, just get to the point because people get confused. They're already feeling like, oh man, I screwed up. There's some emotions tied to that that are very yeah. natural. Like either I feel bad for wronging you or I, I feel like a failure. I feel like, you know, whatever emotions are going to surface up, they're not going to be happy emotions probably so we need to be able to get to the point let those emotions happen they're going to happen expect them welcome them and let the person have their moment but if you're dancing around there you're just creating all this added confusion and anxiety for the person on the receiving end that does not help the situation at all so Mm -hmm. you have to be very clear on what is the issue i'm confronting what is the result that i want what objective do i have in confronting this issue What, what would be my happy place at the end of this Um, and and if you're clear on those things, when you come in, that's your responsibility. When you're clear on those things, you're going to set up, set yourself up to succeed in that conversation and to be able to be direct. Hey, Rosa, when this happened, I really felt that this was wrong because Mm. why did you do it that way? I want to know, I want to understand. And it's real simple. And Rosa might go, Oh, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Uh, Let me think about that. Let me give me a minute or whatever I need at that moment, but it gives me a chance to really not be confused and only deal with the natural emotions that I have, not any added stress that you brought in. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, because what happens then is you find out how they think, like, even if there's faulty thinking, I'm like, Oh, okay. I see. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't agree with it, but I see how you got there. Mm-hmm. And I think too, is I know, like, I know I have a lot of WPMs words per minute. <laughs> so I know sometimes I had to work on in the past When somebody's standing there stammering, trying to get to a point, they think they're trying to tell me something that I won't want to hear. And then, of course, my mind is racing because they're going, well, you know how last week and now I'm just talking quickly in my mind in between their big dramatic gaps, William Shatner, Shatner gaps. Hello. (laughs) And so then I've you know, I know it's rude to say, please talk quicker. What is the point? What are we what is it? But I have had to say to them, and, and, you know, I won't name you all because you know who you are. If you're listening to the show, you know, you talk slow. So, and I had to say to him, listen, it's not that I expect you to speak quickly like me, but the dramatic pauses and stammers and stuff just build anxiety, even for me, like what's the bad news. Right. Cause then I get to, it's like, that was it. That's what you stammered for, for 30 seconds. Like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I can deal with that. So it, it really, even when I, 
you know, don't work for them, you still have this, like, what's happening? What is it? You're so afraid to tell me. So being clear, and I've worked with them on that. And now they get it, like, because it does take a little bit of confidence, because they do see it as a little bit of rudeness, too. And it's like, no, you just have to tell me, tell me what's happening now, and we can make a decision to move on. Yeah, and let's requalify that because I, I think the rude thing is the assumed thing that if I'm direct, I'm going to be rude. But the reality is when you confront someone on an issue that is not working for them or that there's confusion around, it's the most caring thing you can do for them. Yeah. Like if you see somebody walking around and their shirt is buttoned offset, right? If, if, if you didn't button your shirt correctly and you're walking around all day and no one tells you, you're going to feel like no one cared enough to tell you and you walked yeah. around that way all day. Somebody speak up and say something, right? It's yeah. awkward, but like I needed to hear that, right? Yeah. So I, I think we need to adopt the, the idea that this is a very caring gesture on my part and that I should take my time with it and I should do it well for that person. Yeah. And I think I always say the kindest thing I can give you is the truth and some clarity. And I know someone on my team and they have been diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And, you know, that's a whole nother kettle of fish with, cause I always think exercise and stuff can help you there. But anyhow, so I, I thought in the beginning, I'm like, I don't think I'm the place for somebody with anxiety issues, right? Like, I don't think this is where you want to be. And and he said to me, no, cause you're so clear. There's no head games. Like I know, like, here's what's happening. Here's why it's happening. And I never have to wonder about your humor. Or, and I also believe too, if there is an issue to be addressed, you address it, it's been addressed, you move on. There's no right. emotional luggage. There's no, we're, you know, there's no fighting about this later. We're not married. And even if we were, that would be a bad <laughs> way to handle that would be a bad way to handle it. That's, right, you know, as I right. used to say to my husband who moved on to things really quickly, like when the fight was over and I'd say to him later, I'm still secretly mad at you. Like he moved, he, he recovered, like he was able to let things go quicker than uh -huh. I was. I'd say, I'm still secretly mad at you. And he said, well, you're not <laughs> the secret. Like it's not a secret. <laughs> you moved on and I still think you should be sorry. But so that's what I get from my team is they know, like, I'm, I also believe you're responsible for the energy you bring in the room. So they know if there's something to be addressed I'm not interested in making them feel bad about themselves that's right. no one right 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 I mean we hired a great person either they yeah. became bad in our business or, or something changed right so we, we would hope we could keep people that are great being great and I want to go back to the issue of, of anxiety because people who do struggle or are more prone to anxiety they do want to talk about things and they have this buildup that happens inside of them and as leaders we have to be willing to hear bad news and yeah. I think sometimes people are afraid to come to us with bad news or what they think is bad news it may not even be bad news once we talk yeah. about it but they feel that way and I think when we're when we project that that openness about bad news that there's no trouble that we can't get through together just yeah. let's go ahead and talk about it I think that for someone who struggles with anxiety that's a very welcomed uh situation because they they want to talk they want to get it out in the open and, and resolve it now you are a entrepreneur and you're doing a wonderful work with all kinds of businesses and leaders but you have a background that came from a very different experience correct yes okay <laughs> So the funny thing is, so I've been in law enforcement. I'm still I'm technically still on the job. I'm, I'm looking to retire here in the next five years. But the funny thing that I realized early in my career is that as, as law enforcement professionals, we deal with conflict all the time. But then I looked internally at, at how we dealt with conflict with each other. And I realized how 
bad we are at it. <laughs> so, so this human tendency of thinking, oh my gosh, conflict is, you know, it's just natural for some people. No, even for some of us that are trained in conflict, it's not easy because it's that one-on-one -on -one relationship and we have to get real vulnerable with each other and share our emotions around a certain thing. It, it's hard to say, hey, listen, I, I feel like you wronged me. I'm, I feel hurt by what you did, or I feel like you really let me down, or I feel really disappointed, or I really don't understand this. I have to get vulnerable with you to say that. And I think people think for conflict, you have to be the strong character and the opposite is actually true. You have to be willing to share where you're hurt and where you're feeling, you know, some, some very um, vulnerable thoughts. So I think that's the biggest issue where people might struggle. That is interesting. That, that makes so much sense when you say it, because although you're dealing with in law enforcement, the outside world is you're, you're called in only because there's a conflict. Nobody calls right. you because things are going well. Right. Right. And so you're called in for a conflict. And then it's also so emotionally charged because so many var variations of that situation can happen. And then if you feel whatever, somebody didn't serve you or protect you or back you up in a certain way, that moment has passed. So it's kind of really hard to, you know, we're not talking about paperwork that I didn't get. Right. Right. No, totally. So that is very interesting. I know our, a number of years back, our, our business took a real, I, I honestly, I fired a bunch of clients. I was just like, it was after my husband passed away. And I just, I, I, I needed to love every moment of every day, hundred percent. I didn't have it in me to humor people in any capacity anymore whatever. So we fired a bunch of clients and then we sort of revamped and we're taking a, a more focused direction. And I know there was somebody in my team that had been with me a while, but we were really now, this is it. I'm not messing around. And it, I mean, we were good before, but now I felt like I was trying to get to the Olympics. And I said to her, look, you know, I helped her with her time management. I wrote a book on it. We worked on some stuff, but she was still kind of struggling. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope you make the climb but I'm not sure you will. And I will not sacrifice any aspect of my new vision for anyone, including you. So this is what you have to do. And so it definitely was not a threat. It was here's, here's where we're going. Kind of like going to the Olympics. Your, your numbers better be good. You may be the best track star in your region, but here's what I need from you to get like, to stay on the team. Right. And, uh, and she, you know, it, it didn't beat her up. She didn't feel bad. She, she's like, okay, I, I get it now. I hear you. I, whatever. And, and I think it's always shocking to me because I did for a number of years, soften that or curtail, curtail it or dance around it because, because I was always told I was so direct and I wasn't sure that was a compliment, but it really does seem to be one of, you know, the better, better things that serve my business. It really is. And, and that's a huge one because as leaders, especially with employee performance, we struggle so much. And I know in law enforcement, I learned this very quickly because when we train a brand new officer out of the academy, we, we're one-on-one -on -one, constant feedback every day. And there's a lot going on and a lot of processing. And it's very overwhelming, but you don't have time to dance around it. So you really, you really mm -hmm. have to be direct, but it doesn't mean you don't also take into consideration that person and what works for them. So I can, I can be direct, but that directness has different forms. And there's value to knowing who's in front of me. What Do they need less communication for me and just little stuff and they take it and run with it? And they need to go and explore and figure out themselves? Or are they the type of person that needs to sit down with me after that feedback and go, let's set up a plan together? Mm. Uh, because there's people that operate very differently. So as leaders, we not only are being direct and, and then just that's it, we're done, we walk away. No, there's still some follow-up there that we need to be mindful of, whether again, it's just stepping back and observing and, and, and adding more value when where it's needed, or 
grabbing the person by the hand and going, let's work through this together. There, there's a lot of options after that. Yeah. And I think leaders too, you know, I, I think it might've even been you, I was talking to about this, where I have a team and I see it sort of as a circular thing, like we're in this together and the rowboat rowing together. And then I guess, you know, I, I know one time somebody on the team was struggling with communicating with somebody new and, and he said to me, okay, I need, I need to talk to you. I need some more leadership skills. And I thought, oh, oh, I guess I'm a leader. Like, I was like, oh, okay. I never thought of me as a leader. <laughs> I mean, I guess I am, but it, I guess, you know, uh, you know, I'd like to think, of, I, I, I don't want to, I was going to say, I like to think a good leader doesn't even see that they're a leader, but then I was implying I was a good leader, but I, I didn't <laughs> see that role there. And, but what I will say is people get confused when you said, say, as I always say, having a VA does not make it a team. It's just somebody you're dumping work off, but understand you can have one person or two people working for you. You're how you start. It's like baby steps. It's how you learn how to, as a toddler to walk, allows you to run. So sometimes right. people have this idea too, that you're a leader when you have 10, 20 or 30 people. Yeah, no, I, I, I think people, people, you can choose to be a leader right now in any aspect of your life. Right. Yeah. And, and so you get to decide whether you want to abdicate that role. I, I go back to that because many people do, they let other externals decide for them what their life should be like. And yeah. I, that's not a leader. That's somebody who defaults to others, the things that are meant to be their own responsibility. So uh, there is no marking or milestone that makes you a leader. For me, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I was uh, a peer to other officers and I had gone to a special assignment. And in that special assignment, I was allowed to come to patrol to support uh, some of the staffing issues they were having. And so I was not as well known to everybody and I was still treating them like a peer, but I was older and more senior and they saw me as a leader. And so even though I was their peer technically in rank and by role, they, th the way that I was communicating with them was no longer serving me well because they saw me in a different capacity and I had mm -hmm. to really step back and own my leadership style and say, you know what, they, they see me as this. So I need to understand my role has changed. I'm more of a mentor now. I'm more of a guidance person. And I really thank those officers because they provided me feedback that I just had basically mulled them over with my comments. Yeah. <laughs> the, the feedback was good, but the delivery sucked. And I needed to know that. And I really thank them for, for letting me know because I was able to step back and go, I'm a leader now. I, I, need, to, I need to understand that. That means that I need to consider others first and deliver the news accordingly. That makes sense. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. When you could have one person on your team, you're now officially a leader and you, you think you're just trying to get through the day, but those, 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 you know, how I always talk to people onboarding and training and they were profound legs, you know, getting your sea legs. It's how you start to become a leader. And if you, you, you're going to lead, here's the thing you're making decisions. So you are leading, whether you see yourself as a leader, cause we all attribute that to really important and impactful people, but you are the one leading the decision. So I guess, you know, by default, you are the leader. So tell me some other things that you think people just don't pay enough attention to in a leadership role. I think the biggest thing is that we dismiss little things. Mm. If something bothered you, it matters. Talk about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we think, you know, you, you have to be curious. Why did that bother you? Right. Yeah. And, and, and when we dismiss that curiosity, we've overcome a step. Issues reveal something's wrong and we shouldn't wait till that issue gets stagnant and becomes worse. We should fix it sooner. Leaders address issues quickly. And I think the sooner, the better. And so don't 
don't dismiss a small issue. Oh, that's just petty. I shouldn't really, I shouldn't really bring that up. That was just me having a bad day. That was just me being in a bad mood. That was just, well, if it was you being in a bad mood, then, then let's talk about that. Let's understand why that, you know, jeopardized your relationship with this person. Cause ultimately that's really what it's about. We're working with people and we need to connect and we need to stay relational. So when you open up and tell somebody, Hey, this may seem petty, but this really bothered me because of A, B, and C. And yeah. going back to your point that you said earlier, it was probably me. <laughs> I was yeah. the issue. But wouldn't it be great to get the insight from the other person so yeah. that now I'm not just assuming that I'm having a bad day. Maybe they say, no, Rosa, actually, I, I think you're right. I think you have a point. I still think it wasn't offensive, but here's why I think it wasn't offensive. And now I've got this deeper understanding of the issue and I don't have to try and resolve it all in my head. Somebody actually added value, someone who's very smart, who I respect, um, has helped me work through a little issue that now doesn't have to become a bigger issue later down the line. Yeah. And that's a really good point. Cause like that earlier conversation I had with Evan, where we were talking about the platforms and he, you know, he could have stood over that if he was in a different work environment. Like I told her twice, I didn't really think that was a good idea, but you know, then when I come back and said, well, you told me, but you still didn't act upon it. So it wasn't resolved. So you have to stand up tall and make sure it's resolved that allows you to move forward. So, you know, he could have been like, if we weren't such heavy in the communication, he could have been like, you know, scuffing his all the way home, kicking the dirt saying, but I told her twice and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, well, all right. I hear you told me twice <laughs> and I hear, and I hear that I didn't listen. So right. what are we going to do the next time? when you think I'm not listening. So I'm willing to say, okay, I didn't listen well. So what's our new strategy when we think I'm not listening well, right? Otherwise that would just stew and you get victimized. And, you know, it, you know, like when you have a, a bad, and when I say a bad fight with your spouse, I mean a poorly strategized fight with totally. your spouse where you pull a, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> pull no punches. I want to acknowledge something about that example though, because you're giving that person ownership of that project. And if right. you own that project, you're the leader. You're, you're, you supersede uh, me in that. That's yeah. your project. I'm just supporting you. I'm a supportive role in that project. You're the leader. I I answer to you in that project. Right. And I think that sometimes get confusing with people because even though I'm the leader, the owner, the president, whatever, I'm not the owner of every single task. Right. If you own it, you own it. I answer to you in some cases. And I think that's a big distinction that sometimes we forget. I think that's a huge distinction. I didn't see it. And I thought I was, you know, doing everything as well as it could be done, but you're right. Because we all know what that feels like when we've had jobs where they said I was in charge in the last second, somebody from whatever department who doesn't even, you know, isn't the end user says, we're going to do it this way. It's like, oh, great. Do you even know what that means? Right. So even though the lines are, are the two sides are much closer when we had that discussion, you're right. And if I'm, if I'm saying you're in charge of that, then I, I should have listened carefully more quicker and also bowed down to the fact that you are leading this project, not me. That is right. a, everybody write that down, write that down. <laughs> and yeah. you asked about some of the assumptions. The other assumption that we make when we are going to confront an issue is we assume we know how the person's going to react. Mm. We assume they're going to be upset or we assume, and it could be the person who maybe does have a tendency to get upset with things, but people surprise you sometimes. And it's all in the delivery. Again, if you care enough and people know it, they might have an outburst in the moment, but maybe give them a chance to process because you had time to process and they're just hearing mm. about it now. And I think even in the worst case scenario where someone might be a little bit more abrasive or irritable, they'll come around if you do it correctly, because they'll know. 
and how you act after the fact, like even if they outburst and you stay calm and you, you, you just give them their space, you're respecting yeah. the fact that I'm just dropped a bomb on their plate. Let me have, let me have uh, a moment <laughs> to let them collect themselves. And if you treat them well through that, they will come around and they'll remember how you treated them in their, in their moment. Yeah, because too, you're putting stuff on them, like the drama, like, which I believe in energy too. So also if you're bringing that into the room, expecting it and building it up in your head, that's one thing. And then the moment they don't handle it as best as they would like to now, you know, if you react, you're just adding fuel to the fire. So right. I, I know, you know, I would think of the movie Moneyball, I'd seen a number of times and he was teaching the other guy how to fi- how to fire somebody. Don't beat around yes. the bush. If you're going to get shot. You don't want to be shot in the head and the chest and leg, just do it, whatever. And so he finally had to fire somebody and the guy was like, you know, fire somebody, I guess, trade them. He was traded to another team. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And he's like, oh, I was waiting for like big drama and stuff. So it, it really is if you just stay true to the course and do it as effectively as you can, mm-hmm. it just does everybody a favor. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, picture the worst case scenario and just know that whatever the worst case scenario might be, I'm not going to close off. I'm not going to get defensive. It's not about yeah. me. I'm yeah. going to let the person have, have their moment. Yeah. Cause the end result is we're all working towards success, especially right. you guys out there. We're talking, we are, you know, Rosa, like we're, we all have a, I, I don't love the word, but a small business, right? We're mm-hmm. not talking about large corporations. That's not who we're talking about. So the end goal is for us to have a really effective day, to have fun with who we work with, to have yes. success, to get more work done in less time. So, you know, there, this, all this other stuff really would just get in the way, especially when it is such a small team and there is such intimacy, you really you want this to be a place where people, you know, people love to work. And, and I find too, for me, then they really over deliver. Like the team yes. really steps up because they want to do right by me because they feel I treat them well and, you know, issues are resolved. It's just, you know, they really overcommit. So it, it, you have nowhere to go but up. Yeah. And I, and I want to point out the fact that listening is such a great quality. And I think yeah. all of us are well-intended in listening, but when our team supports us in our, in our defects, <laughs> if I'm not a great listener at all times, but I know that my team's going to call me out when I'm not being a great listener, that really gives me the freedom to not fret over, you know, all that self-improvement and self-growth. Like I have a team that carries me. I have a team that supports me, that understands my weaknesses and I don't have to hide them. And I know that when the going gets tough, they're going to add value to my life and to my leadership. And they, they're totally good with the perks that I get out of leadership, but they're also good with picking up the slack where I fall apart. And that's the beauty of having a full-time team. We talked about having those VAs and, and those people, we should obviously invest in those relationships as well, because they're people and we want them to be happy in, in that working relationship that we have. But those team uh, members that you have on board, they really become just a force multiplier for you in your leadership. I think a lot of leaders get overwhelmed. They feel extended. They feel like if it has to be done well, it has to be done by me. But when you invest in your team, oh man, it's, there's nothing like it. It really is a liberating experience because you're free to be you. Yeah. And it's so funny. One of, I work really hard. I I call myself a recovering Russiaholic. And from time to time, (laughs) there'll be times where I know when I rush in, if I overbook myself, then I'm, you know, I'm going at a pace that everybody else can't keep up with. And, and then my tone, I don't, it, it comes out a little sharper than I mean to. So I work on that. And I was doing this training thing with somebody who was on my team and she was there because that's how we do it. Anyway, that's another story because you people shouldn't be doing all your training either by yourself, have them do it for you or with you. But anyhow, so there was some situations involved where 
I felt after the training with some, I'm like, I, I think, and, and this person was newest on her team and a lovely, much softer human being than, than the rest of us. And I said to her afterwards, you know what, I think I, my tone wasn't coming out right. I was asking questions because there had been some frustration with how this onboarding had went with this person that was training us. And so I think I carried that forward, which again, you're talking about, I let that stew, right? And so then I said to someone on my team, I think my tone could have been better. And I honestly was expecting because she was new, but I trained them to, to talk to me and each other and communication be very clear. But I still expected because she was new going, oh, no, it was okay, whatever. I was expecting something. And she said, yeah, I think you're right. And I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're not, you're not even going to pretend. I'm like, okay, I, I did need to hear the truth, but honestly, I was looking for, I was looking for to be feel made feel better, but okay. So, but I'm proud of that. I'm proud that she felt safe to go. Yeah. I think you could have done a better job. Cause I asked her. So I, I mean, I was, it was an emotional low for a 30 seconds, but then I was like, look at that. Look at the team I have that she'll call me out, you know, especially when I ask. Right. So it works. Yes. Oh my heavens. Okay. I could talk to you all day, Rosa. <laughs> people find you. Where should they learn more about your brilliance? Well, my website has access to everything. You can get social media, my podcast, anything. It's rosaponsteleon.com. And uh, we're, we're doing a quick little overhaul of it, but nevertheless, all the links are accurate. You can find me there. Perfect. And we'll make sure to put that in the show links because I can't even say it. So I'm sure you guys can't spell <laughs> it, right? So Rosa, you're awesome. And thank you so much. And everyone else, we'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from chris.com that's free gift g-i-f-t from chris k-r-i-s dot com we are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it